Josh, we are children of the 80s. Uh, fortunately, yes, we are. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time to grow up. Yep. And uh, I loved Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, me too. I I think we kind of lived on We thrived for it. It was the thing that when we woke up early and our parents were still sleeping that we would go and turn on. You it, There's motivation when you're a child to wake up early <laughs> to sit there <laughs> in is. front of the TV. Absolutely. So today... We're going to riff on this a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the 80s cartoons and some of the uh, things that happened in those cartoons, especially like leaders and how they affected us. Uh, we'll call it 80s cartoon leaders or something like that. Okay. Today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We're going to do this for, with you by sharing, ex, by sharing conversations that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. And if you want to receive updates when new content's available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. And we appreciate you, our listeners. We have a, a large diversity of listeners. And thank you for sharing your curiosities with us because we get to explore it and share it with you that you can then share with your friends. And as always, you guys can find us on curiositycontinuum.com. And from there, you can link out to all of our social accounts. We can also see wherever the podcast is you know, being, being supported at. And we thrive on your feedback and hope to start a conversation with you guys soon. All right, so let's jump in. Uh, and Saturday morning cartoons, for those of you who don't know, there's a big block of cartoons that came onto the networks on Saturday morning to help entertain children around the United States of America and Canada and everywhere else and things. The, the Americas, we would the call America. <laughs> I have no idea if this was a thing overseas, and it would be kind of interesting to know. If you're, it would be. Uh, if you're like from the UK or Europe or even Asian countries, do they have something like this similar? And it might not be on Saturday. It might be on a different day of the week or whatever day, but it would be interesting to kind of know that. Yeah. I know for uh, in the United States that the cartoon programming would start about 2.30 or 3 because that was about the time that students would start to get home from school. And depending on how you got back from a public school setting to maybe your home, you're like, okay, if I get home at this time, I'll be able to catch the beginning of this. Because there was no, like, uh, record it now or record it a little bit and then watch a little bit later unless you had, like, a VCR that it meant that you couldn't be blinking on 12 a.m. all the time. Like, <laughs> right, It actually exactly. had to work. So, anyway. So, Josh, one of your favorite cartoons from the 80s. Go. One of my favorite is going to be G.I. Joe. And I'll give you a little primer on G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was um, about an elite group of military, basically army you know jet they were like everything army air force whatever they were kind of like more elite than like the navy seals even they fought against another group called cobra and cobra was a international terrorist group basically kind of ahead of its time really when you think about it it was you know fiction not fact really so it was uh kind of interesting so brian for you who what was a cartoon uh, i love transformers and to this day uh, my son helps carry the torch of Transformers, right? And we've we've actually enjoyed everything from the the '80s cartoon to now. Now we're starting to integrate some of the live action movies. We both have a shared love of that, right? There's good guys and bad guys in both of these shows. Transformers is 
robotic beings from the planet Cybertron. There's been a million year war or so. They find their way to planet Earth where they crash land and they pick up all the things that are happening in this and we get dropped into the action. Now, as as context for it, there's good guys, there's bad guys, and it's kind of like the struggle of good and evil. It's kind of the big story that's happening across G.I. Joe and Transformers. Right. When they draw characters, just like any movie or show, they're drawing, like when they, I mean say they, I mean like the writers or the voice actors, they're drawing from people that they know to help portray this character in a way that is going to resonate with audiences. And sometimes those characters are uh, exaggerated versions just to kind of show the dynamics of a team. Right. But they it work, they work together effectively. And they kind of show the personal dynamics, even though these shows were designed just to, <laughs> to sell toys. To sell toys, exactly. And that's the one thing that's kind of a different... It was it didn't have always have to have like a concrete message really, but they kind of did. They were underlined. I think they tried to in in certain times. They tried to have kind of message about the times we're in or something like that. But a lot of times it was just if they were selling toys, they were good, and they wanted they wanted to make you want to buy the toys. Is what it was. And they did, they succeeded with me. I know I wanted the toys bad. Oh, yeah, I think every kid wanted the toys. (laughs) I mean, I remember going to the store for, like, Transformers, for example, and some of them were, you know, 5 or $6, and some of them were much more than that. And so you would... And the beauty of, like, even Transformers or G.I. Joe was that there was different sizes of characters. They had smaller characters and then bigger characters. And the bigger ones were, for example, like in Transformers were like Optimus Prime or like the, the, the leaders were the biggest characters you could buy. And they were they were actually high quality characters. Mm-hmm. And then when you got down to the lower end characters, like the more minutiae kind of fringe characters, they were smaller and they were cheaper. So I know yep. I knew like every kid had like a Bumblebee, for example. Yeah, because that I was a, yeah, it was a but not every person, every kid had the Optimus Prime. Right. That was you know? a rare thing to have. Yeah. And it was one of those things, too, where it, there wasn't like an eBay. No. Where you could If you didn't find, find it. it in the store, you just didn't find it. <laughs> yeah, unless somebody like was willing to part with it at a garage sale, and you had to go to every garage sale in creation to even have the chance of finding it, you know? Yeah, there was no Amazon. You know, it wasn't like I just typed www.amazon.com and hit Transformers <laughs> and find it. <laughs> Everything you wanted and three things you didn't in that whole thing. Right. So, Josh, talk about one of your favorite characters that was, uh, you know, just like talk about the characters in general. Because I know in cartoons in that era, they had characters that probably influenced us as people about how we work together with people, the types of people we work with. Can you like talk about G.I. Joe? Because I know my parents actually thought that G.I. Joe was too violent. So I wasn't actually allowed to watch it at the time. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll let, I'll let you take the lead on this conversation. Yeah, my parents thought it was violent too, but they had the little good thing at the end, you know, like work together as a team, blah, blah, blah. Hey, more you know. And everybody was like, yay. And then so then we got away <laughs> with it. Yeah, G.I. Joe, I loved like the, the leader characters. Like Duke was the leader of the Joes. They call them the Joes, you know. But really what it is, is these characters were exaggerated versions of like a leader, for example, like they were like Duke was like the man's man. He did everything. You know, there wasn't anything he couldn't do, but yet he, you know, he ordered people around, but he didn't really do it in a bad way. Everybody was happy to work for him, you know? (laughs) And so you kind of got that idea of like a leadership roles were 
not necessarily ordering people to do stuff, but it was making them want to do things for you. That's a good that's, point. That's what I pulled out of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe also had a lot of strong female characters at the time. Exactly, yep. Where, you know, now it's it's kind of, especially like in media and film, you know, the female the female hero is a very common thing because we want to see strong women in those roles doing things. That was kind of ahead of its time because they wanted a, an arc of characters that were doing different things. Exactly. And, they, and not only that, but I think they wanted to appeal to little girls as well as much as they could um because i know that a lot by far and large it was boys that watched these shows oh sure you know and so um i mean from that you kind of can pull out you know what they were trying to target their audiences they were trying to target and stuff like that so brian tell us a little bit about transformers and one of your favorite characters Ooh, yeah, I need to talk about Transformers. Okay, so... Yeah, this is like Brian's dream <laughs> that I ask him to talk about Transformers. I'll just go away for like 30 minutes and come back. <laughs> I won't drool in the microphone. I promise. You won't have to edit out like the sound of, of drool hitting the microphone. No, so uh, Transformers is one of my favorite cartoons of the 80s. And the, the quick premise is that there is uh, good versus evil in this battle of robotic beings called Transformers. They're from the planet Cybertron, which is, you know, light years away. The battle finds itself, which is like about a million years old. It finds its way to planet Earth where they crash. The Autobots crash land, which are the good guys. And the Decepticons, the bad guys, find their way to Earth. And the battle continues to ensue. This is their adventures about their struggle back and forth about kind of to conquer the Earth and to kind of triumph over one another. So... Optimus Prime in the very first generation of Transformers was the leader, the fearless leader, the noble leader. Now, Peter Cullen is the actor, the voice actor, who gave voice to Optimus Prime. And it's pretty iconic now. I mean, if you hear the voice of Optimus Prime, you know that that's him. He said, being Peter, he said that he really drew inspiration, I think, from his uncle who was in the military, who was very a good man and very strong and uh, always very kind and, and those kind of things. And he put that character into Optimus Prime. So even though that these were cartoons designed to sell toys, people really started to identify with him. And I really loved Optimus Prime. I loved the leader that he was. I loved how he cared for humanity. I loved how he was self-sacrificing. And all these other characteristics that came in. You know, long before Tony Robbins was a force on the earth or, you know, you get into the business world and say, here's all the... the executive leaders that you know we want to follow and do things there was cartoons that were shaping it right and i loved how that arc went because he was that leader that i'm going like i would follow that robot <laughs> everywhere and off a yep. cliff literally you know and you you felt that emotionally because especially as children it's coming in through a different gate you're not thinking about political things you're thinking about this character and how you want to be that character Exactly. And I think that's what um, sometimes the goals of this were, too, with, were to get you to want to be that character. So you would go, you know, buy the toy, and then you would act out these adventures you'd have together. These characters obviously informed our lives and everything. And, you know, when we look now at the people who are, you know, running businesses or they're working, they have families and things like that these characters and how they were written actually influence us more than probably people that are in power now, you know, like the president or the prime minister or wherever that you sit. The, the, those type of characters imprinted on us so hard that we identify with those things. And 
there's a whole arc of Saturday morning cartoons. There's He-Man and She-Ra, you know, to let you know that you have the power. And as cheesy as it sounds, like you as that child believe that you had the power, you right. know, that you had the ability to go do. So and Josh, we're, we're, we're not even going to get into Thundercats because that's a whole nother show on its own. <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode, which you'll have to tune in for later. But so tell me like if Duke was one of your favorite characters, what types of things like you loved him because why? Like, well, how did it actually influence you? Like when you were having like a struggle moment or something like in your child, like what, what did he do that made you want to power forward or like say, I want to be like Duke and go do it. Sure. Um, Honestly, I think it was because he was a cool leader. He was cool under pressure. He always had an answer, yet he never just told people to do stuff. He always would do it with them. He never asked somebody to do something he wasn't willing to do, which I, I, think, is that. impo- I think that's important as, it as is. for a leader. It shows by example rather than just by theory. Yeah, because He's- there's always that thing, you know, like your parents will always say, you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would be like both. He would say it and he would do it. Yeah. I like that. With Optimus Prime, for me, what I loved is that he was always so considerate of everything that was happening. And even if it caused them to not win in a situation because they so loved humanity and wanted to protect them that they were potentially at a tactical disadvantage depending on the battle, but they right. had the moral high ground. And that was something that I noticed, like Decepticons, the bad guys, if, I mean, they would try to grab power wherever they could. Take the opportunity. It was always, yeah, always something, you know, they would, they would cannibalize themselves from the inside out. And that's kind of where I understood more of like how good works and how evil works, where evil was always so self-focused. It was about your power and your things. And the Autobots and through Optimus Prime showed me like really the good guys, they care about everybody and they want to protect what's right and and all those different kinds of things that really made an impression on me especially i still play stan bush's the touch which is the hallmark you know kind of the iconic song from transformers the movie the animated movie from the 80s right when i want to pump myself up and feel like awesome it gives me all the 80s nostalgia feels and it also is (laughs) like a really awesome song and my children can sing it almost verbatim because they've heard me play it enough times in the car where (laughs) they just know it by now right so what did you want people to think about to pull this kind of forward to today and like how what we're trying to get get going on here? So real life hands you a lot of different situations, things that you didn't anticipate, things that you didn't know. You're maybe looking for people to kind of almost inspire you now or to help give you a message of hope. But reach back into your childhood. And there are shows and characters, even though they're fictional, they they provided a pattern for you or an example of what you could be or how you should think, how you should act. And it may seem silly to you that this was like, this was a fictional character in my cartoons when I <laughs> right. grew up. But they have tremendous impact on you because they hit you at a time in your life when you saw those people and say, I want to be like so-and-so. And we've adulted so much that we've said, well, that's just a cartoon character. But really think about that because these are characters that influenced you and what you do and how you make decisions and how you think about something. In a time of, of feeling down or uninspired, I guarantee you what, re-watching these shows is the challenge or thinking about these characters again will probably 
give you the fuel you need to keep going. Yeah. And I would like to like people, if you're feeling down or you're feeling like you're not in control and you're thinking, you know, reach back in your childhood because this will help you. I mean, there, you know, you've gone through situations like this before. Like when you were a kid, you weren't in control yet. We all made it through up until today, you know, if, and if you didn't, you're not here. So, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, realistically, you know, we're, we all made it through and how did we make it through? So maybe think back and pull something from the past to forward, like Brian's saying. And it, it'll hit you differently. Right. Because it's not um, a political leader. It's not a real person. And But let that sink in. Because those things really did have an impact, and they are important in our lives. So Yeah. I think that's a good time to put a comma, huh, Brian? I think so. So until next time, listeners, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.